welcome to the Hey Listens Games cast. This is the 50th episode of the Hey Listens Games cast. My name is Nathan Wagner. I am here today joined by the amazing Rob Douglas. What's up, guys? And we are here to talk about our 50th episode and all the things we've accomplished and how famous we are. So it's going to be <laughs> great. Um, it is just me and Rob today. Jeff was uh, otherwise... Um, taken doing other things celebrating his wife so we're gonna run the show into the ground and have a lot of fun yeah and that's also why we were so late is because we literally had to get everything set up and we we're both kind of going uh how do you do this <laughs> yes exactly and Jaeger, who is saying what did i win in the comments you will be able to win in just a little bit we're going to be doing some giveaways today we're going to be talking about kind of about what video games mean to us why we spend a couple hours a week working on a podcast um and tweeting out random news that you've probably already seen and saying our silly opinions about it so it's going to be a lot of fun (laughs) um i think we're going to start out are we going to start out with a giveaway rob is that right um we can start out with a giveaway yeah let's do it all right so I'm going to, uh, we're going to kind of do a couple of giveaways over the course of the show, and as well as uh, later on on Twitter between this episode and next week's episode. So if you are a Twitter follower, check it out there. There will be another giveaway there for a really great package of games. Games? I said that plural. Yes, we're going to give away more than one game. All right. And... So, for this first one, though, um, I have a couple of games that I have sitting around my Steam library that are not downloaded onto my Steam library yet that I was looking at and going, these are pretty popular games, but I already have them, so I think these would be great games to give away. So, I have Guacamelee, which is a great uh, 2D platformer-type fighting game. It's super fun. And then I also have Day of the Tentacle Remastered to give away, which is... A story-driven, like, Telltale, LucasArts-type game, and it's a classic. It's one of the most famous uh, adventure-type games. Yeah, I, so, I started playing the remastered version, I think, about a month ago. I've never played the original. Yeah, it's super fun. So, here's one... So, we'll have a trivia question, and then something also for you guys to guess. So, the first thing for you guys to guess, in the comments... And Nathan and I are not going to tell you these until the very end. You have to guess what two games you think Nathan and I were playing this week. So one game for each of us. So it's probably going to be something you guys have already heard, because we kind of are boring and we play the exact same games. And I'll write this down in the comments so you'll remember. But if you can guess what two games, one game for Nathan, one game for me, we have been playing this last week you will win Guacamelee. We'll give out that one. Uh, I have the Serpo, Serper, wow, Super Turbo Championship Edition. So it's Ooh. the basically everything, all the extra bonus stuff, and it is a Steam key. So what are Nathan and I playing this week? That's the Man, first one. I'll like have another one in a little question, Rob. I don't, I don't think it'll be too hard. I actually honestly think you and I are a little bit more predictable. We play literally the exact same games almost every week, so they have a really good chance. Can I guess <laughs> Far Cry 3 for you? Like, even if I can't win, can I just guess Far Cry 3? <laughs> sure. All right, sounds good. I didn't play Far Cry 3. Oh, 
Alright, well, there's a freebie for you guys. Rob did not play Far Cry 3. Don't guess that. Alright, um, also, um, to help celebrate kind of our 50th episode, we're going to be doing a Hey Listen Mario Kart 8 Deluxe uh, Invitational Tournament. Um, uh, Jeff and I are both going to be doing this. Jeff's going to be live streaming it. Uh, there's 10 different spots available, so let your friends know. Um, I believe we're going to be doing that sometime this weekend. We will let you know on Twitter. Um, and send out the tournament ID and everything for that there. Um, but before we get into kind of what video games mean to us and why we play them, etc., there was a couple different news stories that came out this week. Um, first, this morning, uh, there was a Nintendo tweet out yesterday. There's going to be a Pokemon Direct tomorrow. They said it was only going to be eight minutes long, so don't get too hyped, etc. But there had been some rumors going around that uh, about Pokemon Stars ever since last fall that Pokemon Stars was going to be like a hybrid of Pokemon Sun and Moon it was going to be coming to the Switch etc so everyone kind of tuned in hoping that was going to get confirmed and be there and everyone left a little bit salty and pretty disappointed I think uh, so it, um, the Pokemon company confirmed that there is a Pokemon Deluxe um, Switch Edition Pokemon Tournament coming to Switch uh, there will be five new playable characters a couple new stages some new modes and it'll be fully playable on Switch, but that comes out uh, this September 22nd um, on Switch. And then they also talked about uh, Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, which are new <laughs> games, kind of set in the same universe, but have new stories apparently and some different Pokemon. They should have some new legendaries that look kind of similar, but they're all like polygonal, so I don't know how those changes are going to be. And then the last thing, the thing that I think is most exciting, is they confirmed that Pokemon Gold and Silver are coming to the 3DS Virtual Console um, the same day that same day that Pokemon Tournament comes out on September 22nd on 3DS, and that'll be really exciting. I love um, those games. Those are the kind of last Pokemon games I played before X and Y as a kid. So I'm excited for that. But a lot of people think... were pretty upset that Stars didn't get announced. Rob, what do you think? I I this seems like a really safe. Uh... Nintendo Direct, you know? I mean, because we, we obviously expected Pokken for the Switch. Yeah, there's... We obviously... I mean, that was that was, that was was bound to happen. Yeah. Um, but it might have been too safe. Because, like, yeah, having a new version of Sun and Moon is great and all. And, you know, they've done that with a couple of the other games in the past. Like, uh, Red and Blue, there was uh, Yellow. There was, you know, a couple of, like, these different, like, updated versions of the games with extra content and stories and maybe a different starters. But that seems really odd to announce and release that instead of a new Pokemon game going into the Switch era. Yeah. Yeah, it does. I mean, I think there's history. Like, uh, Game Freak and Pokemon Company, they released uh, Pokemon Black and White uh, 2 after the 3DS had launched on the original DS. Um, they usually kind of go for install base um, yeah. rather than the newer hardware. So I think... If we all were a little less hype, we probably should have seen this coming and shouldn't be surprised that it's going to be on 3DS and not on the Switch. But after that kind of leak and rumor, a lot of people were hoping that maybe it would be both Switch and 3DS, and it doesn't look like that's happening. So Yeah. Well, I feel like they're they're trying to make sure that the 3DS is still its own thing. Yeah. I mean, they're coming now. out with that new version of it that uh, Jaeger's picking up, for example, uh, this yeah. summer. That looks really sleek. So they need a big game for that, I guess. So. Yeah, which that, that that's a good idea to have a have a good solid opening game for it. You want to have that big that big franchise, and you also want to give them a reason to buy the Game Boy 
and not just be like, oh, well, I already have a Switch. Let's, you know, give them a reason to buy a 3DS. Yeah. So I that doesn't surprise me. I Like I said, pretty safe Nintendo Direct. There yeah. wasn't anything really groundbreaking, which is probably why a lot of the fanboys are up in arms. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, so moving on then. The other thing um, that we noticed this week is uh, PlayStation um, announced on the PlayStation blog that uh, starting June 9th through June 16th, they're doing a uh, sale called the Days of Play. Um, and it's a limited time sale. It's nine days. And uh, they're going to be releasing the new gold PS4 um, with the controller. And they're also um, doing some big discounts on some of the big games that have come out recently. Uh, notably, Horizon Zero Dawn is going to be discounted down to $40. Neo will be as well. MLB The Show. Um, controllers for PS4 are going to be only 40 bucks, And they'll Which probably is, have some other... I mean, that's a pretty good deal. I mean, overall, those are really great deals to begin with. Yeah. You picked up Horizon Zero Dawn, which, incidentally... May we remind you guys, came out two months ago? Uh, three months ago, I think. Three months ago. February, something like that. At $60, and is still one of the top-played games today. Yeah. Like, you know, normally, you know, they, video games will have everyone play through it once, and then it's kind of... No, there's still a lot of people playing through this game. So this is a, this is a pretty big game to have drop in price this, this soon. So that's and pretty cool. So the I'm looking at the site right now. The gold PS4 actually, uh, it's a slim model, but it's uh, going to be launching for with one terabyte of hard drive for only two hundred and fifty dollars. So it's even fifty dollars discounted as compared to the normal PS4. So that's a really good deal too. I'm sure those will be hard to get as it's limited and it's a special edition. So, but yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, look out for that if you need to pick up a PS4. But yeah, that's just kind of a cool sale we wanted to shout out. Um, if you play PlayStation. Alright, I don't think we have any other news stories. Yeah, so. I mean, there's some other things that we tweeted out, so you guys can check those out on our Twitter, at HeyListen underscore games. And uh, we'll try and keep it, we want to try and keep this one a little bit more focused towards sort of our main topic, so there are some other news stories out there, but you guys can check those out on our Twitter. All right, so we are going to move on to our main topic of the day, uh, which is kind of talking about what video games mean to us. Uh, me and Rob were kind of thinking, and we were like, Jeff's gone. How can we screw up the show as much as possible? And so we kind of talk, started talking about a little bit of philosophy and you know why we play video <laughs> games, um, kind of what they mean to us and how we started in the first place and why we continue to come back to them. So, um, Rob, I'm going to let you kick this off. All right, so just kind of we're just kind of shooting out a bunch of questions that we would want to talk about and kind of discuss. And so for we really let's start off with what grabbed us about video games. And this isn't just like a general like humans. This is Nathan and I personally. Why did we gravitate towards video games? Well, I'm gonna let you go ahead, Nathan. Oh man, this is it's a hard question to start off on. Yeah, I know, right? It's awesome. <laughs> I think we kind of talked about this a little bit uh, on one of our episodes, but I think I first started playing video games. Um, like, I remember playing, uh, like, all these DOS games on my dad's old DOS computer when I was, like, three or four yeah. or something like that. Like, these counting games and stuff like that. But I think I first remember playing, like, on a NES when I was about six. So that was already, like, behind the times. But I was playing at my friend's house. And just being able to kind of move, like, move your character and set a challenge before yourself was really cool 
Um, but I didn't really get into video games until I got an N64 when I was about eight or nine. And kind of when I discovered that I could move a character around and get it to tell me what to do. And I don't know, it just kind of like, it was a lot of fun. Um, I really enjoyed just being able to uh, try and like experience the adventure and beat the game. Like even though storytelling has come so much farther in video games, um, I yeah. kind of like you, Rob, I enjoyed games for kind of the stories they told and what would happen, etc. Um, for the most part. And then just, I always associate video games with friends. Like almost all of my best gaming memories have been experienced with good friends, either like multiplayer against each other. Or like, I remember playing through uh, Ocarina of Time with my next door neighbor, Peter, and like experiencing like playing the forest temple and we uh like beating phantom ganon and that took us oh yeah because you have to shoot him as he's going through the paintings and that was really hard so it also um kind of helped form friendships um within my group of friends and really brought kind of joy um friendship together for me what about yeah so i yeah that was i'm a little odd when it came to games because i actually didn't get into games for the story even though nowadays I'm all about, like, my favorite thing about video games is the story. I think what initially drew me into video games was the challenge. Okay. Um, you know, I had friends who played video games, and that's how I was introduced to the idea of video games, is I had these older kids in my life who would show up with their Sega Genesis or their NES, you know, or 64, and, you know, they'd be like, hey, check this game out. This is super cool. And I'd watch them play this game and go, wow, I want to try and I just remember, you know, every, anywhere I could uh, find a video game system, I would try to play. And whatever game was there, you know, often I only had a limited amount of time to play. And so I'd try and beat it as best as I could in the short amount of time I had. And so, like, initially getting into video games, it was all about that challenge, like kind of beating the next challenge. And then as I started to, like, particularly about the 64 generation, when I started discovering these games like Ocarina of Time and... Uh, Mario 64, who had more of a story to them, and there was more developed gameplay, and there was more reason for what you were doing, I started really getting drawn into that stories, and just kind of seeing video games as like an art form, basically, like an entertaining art form, and so you, you it's like reading a good book, you know, you love to read a good book, you love to play a good game, and that's kind of what started to keep me in video games, and I love that aspect about video games, is that it's, it is an escapism, and it is a place where you can explore this world that's created by these developers, and often you can do it in ways, whatever ways you want to, and I think that's just super cool. Okay, yeah, makes sense. So, I'm intrigued by kind of your talking about video games as an art form. And uh, we have this question here. Do we play games because kind of they change us and impact us? Um, kind of like a great piece of art might inspire us or make us feel a certain way. Or do we just play them because we just want to play Mario and have fun, basically? Yeah. Um, we were kind of joking about this one because we were pretty sure that Jeff would say he plays video games just for Mario. Because Mario is his favorite character. Um, but... I, I even Jeff can say that there's there's more to video games than just playing Mario. Um, you know, they they talk about how any media form, any type of entertainment, to a certain extent, affects our thinking and how we uh, how we view the world. 
And video games are no different. And so often, maybe while we may not subconsciously acknowledge that they change us, video games change us on a mental, emotional, psychological level. And I think it's super cool that you can go into these games and you can start to, you know, they talk about some of the benefits of gaming, like reflexes and that stuff. But I also think just like, just like a good movie impacts you, you know, you feel, you walk away from that movie going, wow, that was really cool. It was like you felt emotionally invested. I think video games do the same things to us. And I mean, at least particularly in my approach to games, when I come to games, I love it when I get that approach out of them. Do you have like, um, I think I agree with you, but I'm having a hard time trying to think of an example where I know it's impacting me, I guess. Do you have an example kind of off the top of your head or something that you think has, you can see kind of has impact to you the way you view the world or what you think, etc.? Um, to, yeah, I can think of a couple, like, kind of just off the top of my head thinking through this. Uh, I played through The Last of Us not too long ago, and being a father, um, I'm a father of a boy, and the main character in the, the game is the father of a girl, and then there's a girl that he is taking care of throughout the, movie, the game, and you just sort of, you see the parenting-type attachment there, and I think it's really cool, you know, that was really impactful, and just kind of watching it is like, you know, I could emotionally attach myself to that character because I could relate. I was in the same stage of life, you know, having a kid, maybe not as old, but, like, I could see some of the decisions he made and go, wow, is that something that, is that how I would do that? And so, like, I I can think of that as, like, kind of a, you know, it, it gets you to think through how you parent, and that's kind of a, that's crazy. Wow. that's cool. Maybe that's why uh, you like that game so much more than I did, because... I just, I don't know, the zombies in that game, I wasn't good enough, and I didn't, I don't know, I didn't love the story yeah. enough to, to shoot through it. That's awesome. Spoiler alert, I played it on easy. Uh, <laughs> see, I, I always, like, feel like I have to get, play games at least on medium so I can, like, yeah. feel like I am a decent video game player. Like, I'm not very good at video games, but, like, at least... I don't know. I have a weird complex about that. Well, and actually, that's actually a pretty common complex with a lot of gamers. I... For me, I this is confessions time with Rob. I play video games on easy because I'm a parent, I'm married, I have a full-time job, and I have a ton of other commitments. And so playing through Dark Souls on the hardest difficulty ever is going to take me three years. Mm-hmm. And so I, I like to, you know... and. I like to be able to actually beat games in a reasonable amount of time, so I actually play it on a lower difficulty because then I can beat them, and I have no shame in saying that. <laughs> That's cool. Um, I think it's really interesting. I kind of have realized this the last couple couple years about myself, but I never used to think of kind of as video games as a form of escapism. I was like, no, like I'm not trying to escape from my life. Like I like my life. I like what I'm doing you know, whatever it was, I was like, that seems weird, like, I don't want to escape, but um, kind of over the last few years, especially when I started working full-time and kind of having daily stress from a job and um, everything that goes with that, I kind of realized that I use video games a lot to kind of just relieve stress and, like, chill out. Yeah. Like, um, oftentimes, and I think I like, like, the reason I like I play a lot of the same games and stuff like that is because, like, doing something familiar kind of brings comfort. So, like, one of the ways I'll um, kind of chill after, like, a long day is I'll play, like, one or two games of uh, NBA 2K16 or whatever version mm-hmm. it is. And just being able to play and 
just trying to make all make the shots and get the timing down etc and stuff like that and get absorbed in that um really just kind of helps me relieve stress and even like process my day and like while i'm playing kind of thinking about what happened be like okay this is going to be okay it's not going to be like something i need to worry about for a long time etc yeah and so even their the ability for video games to kind of distract you and help you um just process what's going on in life when sometimes um you might just kind of overthink things if you're just sitting there or whatever it is is i think a really um impactful part about video games that i definitely didn't kind of didn't kind of realize was happening until a couple of years ago yeah same i started realizing like um you know escapism you always think of it as kind of like i'm escaping reality like the yeah. world is awful and terrible place and i want to escape to a fantasy world but to a certain extent that's true i mean we want to feel you know video games make us feel like we're in control yeah I mean, like, on a larger extent, you know, you're the hero of the day. You're saving the world. You're saving the princess. You're actually accomplishing things. I think that's one of the reasons I actually gravitate a lot towards um, RPGs when I'm stressed because I can accomplish tasks. I feel like that's one of the things that, I, you know, you work all day long and you might get like a little bit of stuff done on a task you might have a little bit of stuff that you're working on but then you go to this rpg and you have you know 700 quests in your quest log and you can knock off like five or six of them and you just feel like that's that's a really like it's almost that like uh skinner's box type mentality you know you put the bird pushes the button and the food falls out yeah um that's yeah. like super. That's like super psychology, guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know that that mentality of I'm doing this and it's rewarding to finish these projects rather than you know often at work where you finish the project and there's no reward. You don't get a pay bonus. You don't get anything. It's just I finished the task. And so I think with video games, while it's not necessarily like escapism from reality to like depression or something like that or a bad situation it can be escapism to a world where you feel like you are in control and you can solve the problems of the world mm -hmm. yeah. you know yeah i totally know that that's a good point i guess i didn't realize that like you're right like a lot of times when you finish a task in real life like there's not always like a, a reward that you get or whatever versus you know completing a quest and turning it in and even if it's just like a digital reward that doesn't impact you at all in real life uh it still can yeah kind of help you and uh, make you feel better etc so well, i think that's why a lot of people um are the uh, the achievement trophy uh hunters yeah is that sense of completion is it's like it's a satisfying feeling yeah that's that's a great point i you're gonna have to explain that to me a little bit more at some point because i've never understood like i like getting trophies and if i get a trophy i'll like go and, <laughs> and be like oh what is this but i don't like I don't achievement hunt. Like I have never gotten a platinum in my life on. Yeah, PSN. me either. Um, it's to me, like it's too much work to kind of grind through the game to get every trick yeah. in the game and to do everything. And it kind of hurts my enjoyment of game. Yeah. It's kind of, I mean, to give a really basic example, you know, when you, you watch like Jeff and one of the things that Jeff really likes to do is he goes to Donkey Kong country and he wants to get everything. All the bananas, all the letters, all the, you know, all the secret stuff, basically, right? Yeah. And the mentality things. behind that is it's an accomplishment. Like, you are, you're finishing the game, you're getting it, and it's kind of that 
once again, the scanner's box, like, you, it's a mental reward every time you do the same thing. And, like, also, you know, kind of, we like to feel accomplished and complete, and so having that, like, that achievement saying you've unlocked all the achievements, basically, is that, it triggers that. So that's kind of that's kind of the Reader's Digest version of that because that's a that's a huge psychology topic and there are hundreds of articles written about that and it's really cool to check that out. If you guys ever have, you know, 15 20 minutes and by 15 20 minutes I mean like 4 or 5 hours because <laughs> you'll be sucked into this. Google the psychology behind achievement hunting. It is incredibly interesting. Wow. That sounds crazy. You should uh you should write a book or something, Rob. You know, you that <laughs> stuff. I've been told that would make a really great professor. <laughs> no, you know, I'd come to your class every day, but I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Yeah. Um, I guess one thing we should talk a little bit. You know, kind of going back a little bit to like what video games mean to us. How does you know how does that affect our relationships with others? Like you kind of mentioned when you first started playing video games often it was with your friends like you mentioned peter and you playing ocarina of time and i even mentioned i started playing because there were friends around me had the games how does it affect our relationships yeah i think that's a good point because they can definitely both negatively and positively impact our relationships like for me and like i said a lot of my um kind of memories and friendships are built around gaming um a lot of my friends from when i was younger like we played video games together and that wasn't the only thing we did, but it was one of the activities they did that kind of bound us together and strengthened our friendship. And uh, then I kind of stopped playing video games a lot when I was in high school. I was too cool for them, etc. <laughs> it was much more focused on basketball and, you know, being a, a sports player. That, that was much more important, obviously. Yeah. Um, and then you met all of us yeah, in college. And then literally, it was so funny because I, I, so I went to college. And I didn't bring, like, my Wii with me or anything else because I didn't really know what it was going to be like. I was like, oh, I'm just going to spend a lot of time studying. Like, I don't need to, like, bring video games to distract me and make me get bad grades or something like that. And then I literally, like, moved in. And, like, I met you and I met Jeff and a bunch of other friends. And, like, everyone was, like, super into video games. Like, I remember, like, one of the first nights I was living like in a dorm like having this huge like Halo I think it was Halo 2 like it was Halo 2 the party, like, throughout the dorm we were all playing together I was like oh man I forgot how much like I kind of missed this and especially the social aspect and so I ended up making a lot of my friends um, through video games and it's kind of how I got back into video games is having friends who made them or who yeah. played them a lot and so I started playing them and then I kind of got back into the whole playing them and then kind of researching them and looking up news and being excited for E3. And eventually it kind of led to doing this podcast and stuff like that. Yeah. So th those have definitely um, positively affected me. I mean, they can also negatively affect you. Like, um, I'm trying to think of a specific example. <laughs> Mario Kart Rage Quit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, or Mario Party, like, playing... Oh, the Star Stealer. Like, getting super upset at people and, like, literally, like, leaving and walking out on a friend because you took it so personally and stuff like that. Like, yeah. those are the great and bad things of video games. Um, and I'm sure we all have a story of when someone cheated us out of a victory in the last second and yeah. we can go... 
Oh man, we can think about that. <laughs> I also I think it's really important to think about like I don't know like obsession and kind of how we monitor ourselves and stuff yeah, like that. Addiction to new yeah, games because it's like, reality for me. I remember like especially in college, I remember like there would be times when it'd be like I was like I need to write my paper, I need to work on this thing, and I didn't want to do it, so I would start doing it, and then I get. I'd be like, I'm just going to take a little break, and then I'd play, like, Pokemon, and it'd be like, I'm going to play for, like, ten minutes, like, catch a couple Pokemon, and it'd be, like, an hour later, and I'd be like, oh, crap, I have to go back to it. And so that kind of, that's not necessarily, like, um, relationships, but kind of that aspect of it. And then as far as, like, other relationships, um, actually, good thing, I have to give a shout-out to Mario Kart 8, actually, because uh, Mario Kart 8 came out, like, right after I'd started dating my wife now. And we she had played video games when she was younger with her brother and hadn't played for a while. And so we started playing Mario Kart 8 together. And we played it a ton. Like about the first four or five months we were dating, we played it a lot. And we got yeah. uh, definitely got closer through Mario Kart. So it's great. Yeah. I uh yeah, thinking you that I I love some of the like couch relationship games that we had you know growing up as kids my brothers and i always there was a healthy and non-healthy competition between all of us playing video games so there's obviously that built that's actually how i relate to my brothers pretty often like for the most part we relate through video games um because my brothers are Asperger's and autisms all in that spectrum and so that's something that they can ground themselves into and so that's something that they tie into and I can go to them with that and play games with them. And it's super fun to, when I go back for family vacation and, or, you know, spending time at home and that's what we do. We play video games. That's what we did when we were kids and that's what we do now. But I can also, I'm, if you guys are uh, fans of the show, you know, I like to play single player games and that's one of my favorite things to do. And I can see how sometimes that actually can create some some issues because I'm hesitant sometimes to play co-op games because, and even couch co-op games where I have the person sitting next to me because I just feel shy about people watching how I play video games. You know, I'm, I feel like a little bit of tension, like, oh, are they going to judge me for how I play a game? And so, like, sometimes going like to the extreme can almost hurt your relationships with others when it comes to video games. And obviously addiction is something that is a huge reality when it comes to not just video games, but a lot of media. Um, there are people who are addicted to Netflix and TV shows and movies and all this stuff. And video games is just another one of those things. And if we so immerse ourselves in video games, it can cause problems for our relationships. Like one of the things I have to be very aware of is my balance of how much I play video games and how much I spend with my wife and my son. Because it's really easy to be like, well, I'm going to do this escapism and go and play my video game, but I also need to be there for my family. Yeah. Yeah. I so, definitely, like, kind of related to that. I know there's been times, um, even in, like, the past year, where um, either when I got married or um, when I was engaged to my wife, and... I would be like, uh, there's a couple different issues, examples. Uh, one of them is like playing, I was playing, uh, I think I was playing Twilight Princess Remastered. And I was playing it, and I just like, I was stuck on this dungeon, I just wanted to beat it. And so, I think it was a Saturday, and we were just like hanging out, and I was playing, and um, my fiance was just kind of chilling, she was doing something on her phone, or hanging out, or whatever. 
and I wasn't really paying attention to her. And then, um, I, she's like, she like, I like looked up and I was like, oh my gosh, it's like three o'clock. I'd been playing for like five hours and I didn't even like realize that I had, that I'd been playing that long because I was just trying to focus so Mm -hmm. focused on completing this task. And then she kind of, um, was a little bit upset about that because I had been like, oh yeah, I'm just going to play for like an hour or something like that. And so I kind of got lost and didn't realize how long I'd played. And yeah, so it definitely, and the other thing is like Destiny with friends is so great. Like I've made a bunch of friends through Destiny through playing together, but also yeah. like when you're doing a raid or something like that, it can be like a six or seven hour thing. And I'm like, well, I, we've gotten this far. I don't want to let down my friends that I'm playing with, but I probably should put this down and do something else and interact with people and not just be like, I'm a slug. I don't know how to say anything or interact with people. <laughs> yeah. I, I, what is it? There's a there's a video game. I think it's Undertale that like after you beat it, it says now go outside. Or like there's a, there's like some video games. Oh, Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park had the, this old like school Jurassic Park at the very end of the game. If you beat it, um, Jeff Goldblum, main actor in Jurassic Park, the first one and the second one, would come out and say, uh, so uh, now that you've beaten it go outside and do something else. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. It's like uh, in Wii Sports, like every 15 minutes, it would be like, have you taken a break? Maybe you should take a break and go outside and it like shows a picture of like an open window with the wind blowing in, the Wiimote just sitting there. It's yeah. hilarious. And you know how all, all of us sort of passive-aggressively, or, well, not so passively-aggressively, are like, no, stop telling me how to live my life. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then play for another three hours i'm gonna play a game longer maybe nintendo puts that in there because they know that like it'll make us upset and play more (laughs) triggered exactly exactly yeah oh man so i guess you know we've been talking a lot about the just kind of how games shape us and how they affect our relationships and that sort of thing how do how does our love of video games shape our future um because, you know, both of us are married. Yep. I have a kid and another one on the way. And you don't have kids yet, but we both have careers. We both have all these future stuff, and we're adults. I mean, we're not getting any younger, and responsibilities are always constantly stacking up. How does video games fit into that picture? Yeah, that's something I'm kind of curious about, and I've been interested, like, um, reading, because... I know as I get older, like, I'm going to have less time to play games. And I've seen that happen kind of in a lot of uh, some of the people I know. And just, like, looking at people who um, have full-time careers and are maybe dads and stuff like that. And don't spend as much time gaming as maybe they would like to. And so I think kind of being okay with that, realizing that there's kind of different times in life for everything. And there's a time when you can play, spend four hours a day playing that huge rpg and then there's going to be times when maybe you can't spend a lot of time playing games because mm-hmm. because of whatever season you're in and whatever life you're in and kind of learning to accept that and maybe being okay with playing smaller and shorter games like indie games and stuff like that there's more and more yeah. games that are um kind of designed as smaller experiences and you can still maybe have time to enjoy those or um i think of something even like the switch where it's kind of more portable and you can kind of take it with you and maybe get a couple some time in that you otherwise necessarily wouldn't be able to get in in front of the couch um so i think there's some different advantages 
Um, but I think the most important thing is kind of like how you set your mind about it. And, you know, if it's going to be something that's really important to you, um, hopefully you can uh, talk with the people kind of around you in your life and set that priority um, and still be able to enjoy it at some level. It definitely might not be the level that you would like it to be or that it has always been, but hopefully you can still kind of be able to enjoy that. But I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, it's kind of hard to predict the future, yeah, um, exactly. obviously. But I, what, one of the things that, like, with my uh, video game challenge for Steam, only playing 20 minutes of a game, that kind of has opened it up, and I haven't done it as much because I, I, I just sometimes think I'm going to play a different game than my Steam library. But I did that because I know I may only have 30 minutes here or there you know you only know you might only have so much time in like you said there was a time in our lives college particularly where we could play six or seven hours of video games straight and it was perfectly normal we actually wouldn't be the most addicted person in the college dorm to video games but you know as people who have these responsibilities now we have to we got to find ways to still have that love for video games while not sacrificing our responsibilities. And, you know, often that means, like you said, picking up shorter indie games. There's a lot of good indie games out there that are they're just incredibly well-made and still very short. Like, Jeff always talks up Shovel Knight, which is an incredible game and not very long. Mm-hmm. And we've, um, this last week... We had Dan on the show, and he has Rivals of Aether that he's been promoting, and he created, and that's another one of those games. Well, it doesn't have a... It has a story mode. It's one of those fighting games that you can play whenever you want, kind of pick it up here or there, and play for a little bit, and then put it down. Like, you play NBA 2K. I play a little bit of RPG games here or there. But you just got to find ways to to fit that love into vi- of video games into the schedule and in ways that will not totally consume you yeah yeah okay so we talked kind of about it personally how do you think this like affects our society and kind of our future going forward like you know we always talk about how people are more and more engaged in like the digital age whether it's on their phone or in front of a screen or play and yeah people are like you need to go outside you can't this is horrible for you you're rotting your brain etc 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 um i had a dollar for every time someone told me i was rotting my brain yeah exactly right yeah. Um, and you know, more, more games are being released and made now than ever before because of platforms like steam and how easy it is to be able to kind of make and get, get your own game out there. More and more people are playing games through their phones and through mobile devices. Um, yeah. how do we think like our video games going to continue to grow and grow and be this huge kind of juggernaut? Um, are they going to kind of go completely into VR? Are we going to kind of experience them exclusively through VR, what do you think is going to happen as far as that? You know, one of the interesting things, I saw an article on uh, Game Ranks about two or three weeks ago, and it was talking about how we're playing video games more than ever before. Mm-hmm. In 2017, more people are playing video games or more people are interacting with video games than ever before. I'm sure a huge portion of that has something to do with Pokemon Go, but at the same <laughs> time, like we are interacting with the digital world so much more today than we are 
10 years ago even yeah or you know like even five years ago the amount of video game content and the amount of quality video game content out there is incredibly high and while you know we can all think back to games from our childhood or you know early 2000s or you know like growing up that we're like oh this is an iconic game and everyone should play it but there's iconic games being made every single day mm-hmm. practically and i just i guess for me thinking about how this is going to impact our society i already i already have a a huge thing about how digital world is reshaping our minds and how it is it does affect how we think yeah and that i i feel like overall it's going to have some negative effects on that side but i think also the stigmas of being a gamer are going away i think the stigma of the nerd in his mom's basement no offense to any of you guys who are nerds in your mom's basement um (laughs) i think that stigma is going away you know what i mean and I think more and more people are embracing this form of entertainment media. And yeah. I think that as we go forward from here, more and more people are going to see it as socially acceptable and it'll be more and more people will embrace this, this form of art and, I, and storytelling. And I think that's really cool and super exciting for our society and the future of video games is that we are going to see this become more and more common. Yeah, and you know? I mean, I think it's it's funny to kind of think about that, but games do so many different things to kind of like we talked about, like either bring us together. Like I can think of multiple games on my phone where I've played with friends that are pretty simple, um, but still kind of bring you together and give you a sense of companionship and having fun, etc. Um, or even games, um, like you talked about, where they're more storytelling devices. Like I think I talked about this before at one point, but uh, Uncharted 4, I played that, um in front of my fiance and her roommate a lot and they kind of got into watching the story and seeing what was going to happen etc etc um and you know they were enjoying it even if i they weren't actively playing it um they were interested to see where the story was going and they would make fun of me as i died like 50 billion times (laughs) Um, as we all did kind of a positive instead of a negative where you know even you go back 10 15 years and it was more of her viewed much more as kind of a niche um, hobby and only certain people play, yeah. et cetera, etc. Yeah, so I think the future of video games is looking really good. Yep. And I think that will continue again to improve. I know Matt B and uh, Steven are saying down in the comments they were joking about, you know, struggling to be social within with people outside of the video game community. And I think that video game community is gonna continue to grow. And yeah. I think that community will continue to be more open to any type of gamer. Um, We have less of the, they're the first, they're the FPS Call of Duty guys, and they're the Halo snobs, and they're the RPG guys. We have a lot more crossover in all game levels, and I think that's healthy overall for the video game industry and world. Exactly. Kind of like you talked about, mentioned a little bit earlier, like Pokemon Go and how that kind of took over the world and, like, literally everyone was playing it from like me who like i've played pokemon since i was like nine years old and loved it and stuff like that to like i was going out and i remember talking and meeting someone who's like in their 50s and like their kid really liked pokemon so like yeah i'll check it out and they had a lot of fun kind of just walking around and catching pokemon experiences like that are going to continue to grow um and continue to kind of 
hopefully like bring the world together around us you know something like that yeah. doesn't happen very often but it was kind of a very cool example of that kind of being lived out and so kind of i guess with that that's kind of a final thought here why this podcast why talk about video games all right so i'm gonna call rob out on this one um this <laughs> podcast was actually rob's idea uh i think you were the one who was like we should like make a podcast and i know i was like i don't know like there's so many people who make podcasts and so many different ways to like talk about video games and like why would anyone want to kind of listen to what we have to say and you know, yeah um it's not like we're huge like we don't have thirty thousand people following us on twitter or listening to our podcast or anything like that but um we have a cool group of people who we get to talk to and interact with um which is awesome i want to give a shout out to matt b and jaeger and steven and uh brad and a couple couple other people who listen to the show but also mm -hmm. just um being able to kind of do something that i really enjoy like i i like video games and i really particularly get excited about kind of getting in on the hype train of like what's coming out and what kind of score is it getting and what's going to be announced that i can get excited about yeah. in the future and stuff like that um it's a lot of fun and it's kind of given me um an outlet and a hobby to um to connect with you guys connect with other people and to just kind of follow the video game world a little bit more closely yeah i uh, when i first suggested the idea to you guys one of the things i had been doing a lot is i've been on youtube watching a lot of these like seven problems that gamers always have you know or like the top seven games where you drive a car like all these different videos about video games it just kind of inspiring me and i just thought you know i am a really creative person and i know a couple of guys who are really into games nathan and jeff and i was like dude we should totally do something like that and we were we all live in different spots so we couldn't do a video series or a video thing like that so we're like well what could we do and we're like dude let's do a podcast and I'll be honest, this, this podcast has been absolutely incredible for me just because it is an area where I can talk about these things. You know, I mean, this whole episode, we've been kind of talking a lot about philosophy and psychology and, you know, some of these societal stigmas and that sort of thing about video games. And I think it's really cool that we have this place where even if we only have a few listeners, which you guys are awesome. I love all you guys, and I think you guys are all great. Thanks for tuning in. But like, even though we only have a few listeners, and you know, we we have a little bit of a growing audience as we've been going on. But just being able to do this between us, Nathan, Jeff, and I, has been incredible because it's just kind of this way where you can sort of craft your thoughts. You can say stupid things, and people will laugh at you for making a mistake. And We'll, we'll have fun about it, and we can talk about our theories and kind of our ideas and, like, what we kind of hope and like get on the hype train together and and also just being able to open our eyes to different types of video games. Like, I'm a pretty story-driven type video game only. Jeff's pretty Nintendo hardcore, and you are, you know, you like the sports games as well as a lot of the Nintendo franchise. And so we kind of, we balance each other out with all these different opinions and thoughts and i think it's really cool that we can do that and then we have people in the comments who throw out their opinions as well and that's really cool and i think this has just been a really good place to a good open discussion yeah yeah i think so i think ultimately like if we um somehow like inspire other people to maybe do a similar thing like do a podcast or kind of do a creative some creative content about either video games or some other passion in life 
if we someday like inspire someone to do something like that that would be kind of like a dream of mine to be like wow that's crazy um, yeah i think that would be really cool all right cool well we'll stop kind of uh going on about how much we love ourselves and how great we are at this podcast <laughs> and everything else you know well you can uh get enough of that everywhere else we'll try and uh limit that as much as possible but um, we're going to move on to our final segment uh, to talk a little bit about what we've been playing. Uh, Rob, I know you um, – did we have anyone guess? Uh, so we had a couple question? of guesses. Um, so – and really quickly, just to remind some of you guys who might have tuned in a little bit late, the challenge for the, the first giveaway that we're doing – this is for Guacamelee Super Turbo Championship Edition – is to guess what Nathan – probably was playing this last week and what i was playing most likely this last week and it's probably something that we've been playing a lot of lately so if there's anyone out there who's like i'm gonna throw out a last second guess i'll give you a few seconds um steven had already put um marvel omega and abzu abzu oh abzu yeah uh, i need to get back to abzu that game is <laughs> Oh, wait, you don't have PS Plus. I was going to be like, have you played it? But um, honestly, that game is like talking about games that kind of people who aren't into video games can enjoy. That game is awesome because it's such a cool, like, exploratory and just exploring, like, the underwater and stuff like that. Um, like, I could even see, like, your wife who's not into video games at all kind of, like, enjoying it and stuff like that. Okay, so, yeah. That'd be pretty sweet. Yeah, just a quick shout-out to that game again. So, I have not seen the correct answers at this point but any last minute guesses in the comments we'll give you guys just a second here um so if we don't get it are we going to give it away like on twitter or something else or will we keep it and maybe give it away another day oh we might we'll probably keep it and give it away another day um all right just reminder we also are giving away another package of games on twitter so be keeping an eye out for that at hey listen underscore games and we will have it's a package of Star Wars games. Ooh, can so, never go wrong with Star Wars, especially these days with all the Star Wars hype going around. It's true, and there there's some classics like Empire at War, Knights of the Old Republic, Knights of the Old Republic Two, and Battlefront Two. So if you are really interested in that package, there's four games for you: Star Wars games. So keep an eye out on Twitter, but. The reveal. So, Nathan. Yes. Breath of the Wild. Yep. I... Me. Go ahead. Mass Effect Andromeda. Yep. Those are the kind of the two games we were thinking of. Um, those are the, kind of the two games that we've been playing a lot of. Yeah, so uh, I want to talk a little bit. So I finally beat Breath of the Wild this last week. Um, I beat it last week uh, my wife was gone she was at a wedding this weekend and i went but i went later um because yeah. i wasn't in the wedding and so i had some time myself so uh one of the nights i sat down i was like i'm gonna beat breath of the wild i haven't beaten it yet i've had it for like two almost three months now so i finally went through and uh defeated ganon um i actually beat it twice because i beat it and then i got all of the uh memories so I, I wanted to get the true ending so i beat it i beat him twice uh it was a lot of fun. The last kind of section and area of the game, the castle, 
um it's just so cool there's so many different like secrets and little um, rooms you can find etc in there um that's probably one of the coolest parts of the game um the actual final boss fight i was a little bit disappointed by um overall it wasn't too difficult and um i think we might do a spoiler cast at some point now that i've finally beaten it um but it, i don't know it just was kind of easy compared to the rest of the game but the story and kind of beating Ganon, it, it wasn't really the point was point the point was kind of exploring the world so i can totally forgive nintendo yeah. um it's it's such a good game um i know steven just said uh he kind of low-key gave up on zelda because it's too big um you can it is really big and that's kind of how i played it but you can also kind of just go through and play through the story um and beat that that's kind of what my wife did actually she beat the game like a month ago so <laughs> but she yeah. still put like 90 hours into she it did so still it put a lot is a lot of time into a game so i understand if you're like this is way too much um i know some people have expressed the same opinions about like witcher 3 and um dragon age inquisition yeah. and like you know some of these bigger rpg games where it's just a huge massive yeah. world and it just takes forever to get through so i yeah i totally understand that zelda is my favorite game and my favorite series so yeah exploring the open world is like one of my favorite parts um i haven't gotten all the shrines yet i want to do that i have about 20 left i think mm -hmm. um and i think i want to try and get most of the side quests done etc um i'm not going to go for the korok seas 900 it's just way too much that's kind of insane. <laughs> no, Matt in the comments was saying he's going to go for it. More power to you, man. That's, that's like, get it. But, um, yeah, that was really fun. So that's kind of my big gaming accomplishment for the week. Um, what about you, Rob? All right. So I uh, downloaded and started playing Rivals of Aether after last week's episode, and that was pretty cool. I, I haven't played a Smash-type game in a long time, so I had to... You know, we were talking about, like, the the up hits and the down hits and all yeah. that stuff last week, and I honestly, I was struggling a little bit to kind of track. I kind of knew what they were talking about, but some of the stuff I was like, I don't remember any of this. So I uh, went through and was playing through all the tutorials on Rivals of Aether and basically was just trying to reteach myself how to play a fighting game. And were you I think playing I, with a 360 controller? Yeah. How did that go? Did it work pretty well? It actually worked a lot better than I thought it would. It was a lot better than using the mouse and keyboard. Oh, yeah, um, sure. And I didn't really want to try and use uh, anything else, so it actually worked out pretty well. It was, it had a good setup um, as far as controls. It feels good. It's got a, it's got a pretty intuitive. There's a couple, there's like one button combo that I'm like, I struggled so much with, and it's more just because my intuition is like Assassin's Creed and uh, first-person shooters. I think I know the combo you're talking about because I went yeah. through and did all those tutorial things, and there was one that I got super stuck on. So, and I was playing with the GameCube controller, which I think is kind of how he designed the game. Yeah, that's how he designed it. So, so, don't feel too bad. So it was kind of one of those moments where, as I'm doing it, I'm like, oh, I am so frustrated that I can't do this. But I figured, you know, it's mostly because. I don't play games like that super often, and so getting back into one of those ones super fun. And played a little bit more Mass Effect Andromeda, as usual. That's one of my big games that I've been playing a lot of. That's my Breath of the Wild only. I don't think I put as much time into it as you guys, and I'm probably not going to finish it for a little bit longer. Yeah. yeah. I think I'm halfway through it at this point. Well, you're trying to get, like, all of the different side missions and kind of yeah, I, right? I'm a completionist, so I like to do all the side missions yeah. and 
the main story as well. And so I'm probably not going to do like 100% everything, but I'm probably going to do like the majority of everything. Sweet. Very cool. All right. Well, that was episode 50 of Tyson's Games Cast. Um, crazy that we already made it 50 episodes. I think we are uh-huh. just a couple of weeks away from our year anniversary of the show. Next week, crazy. actually. Maybe we'll do something fun for that with Jeff back on the show. Um, this next week, as you guys probably know, E3. So we're going to be doing a big, huge episode on Tuesday. I think we might go a little bit long and talk about all the different conferences and announcements and kind of break down what we think, what we're excited for, or what is kind of meh. Um, I know Saturday is the EA. It's E3 starts like crazy early this year. Like Saturday, yeah, EA crazy. does their conference. Microsoft is on Sunday. Bethesda's Sunday night. Uh, Ubisoft is Monday afternoon, and then Sony is uh, Monday night. Uh, I'm excited. Me and Jeff are both going to be going to one of the theaters for the Sony one, so that should be fun. And then Nintendo does their spotlight thing on Tuesday morning. So we will talk about all that. Um, is there any one thing you're super... Like, what's your most hyped thing for about E3, Rob? Some of the games that we don't know, like, we've been kind of hinted at, like... Uh... For me personally, Assassin's Creed Origins. Oh yeah, that's that. Really want to hear some more about this one, um, but like also some of the other like Far Cry Five. They're probably going to tell us a little bit more about that one. We'll probably hear a little bit more about Mario Odyssey. Um, I'm hoping we'll hear a little bit more about some of the games that were announced last year that haven't we haven't really seen anything for the last year. So kind of like I want to hear more about some of these games and see if we can get some release dates out. And... Yeah, I'd love to get some release dates from Sony, like on God of War and Spider-Man and all these well, games Redemption that we've been two, let's about go. for two years, and we still they're still not out yet. So yeah, we'll see like let's get let's get set, let's get an actual gameplay trailer for Red Dead Redemption Two. You know, and like some of these. That's that's what I'm open for. Is like E3. Don't disappoint us this year. Show us some great stuff and show us. Show us the money. Yep. We will see. So uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter for all that content and also to uh, win um, some of those games we're going to, those Star Wars games we're going to give out. Uh, hey, listen, underscore games. And, uh, and we're, go ahead, Rob. One final reminder also uh, we're doing a Hey, listen, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Invitational Tournament coming up here. Uh, keep an eye for more information on that on our Twitter. Uh, Jeff has the tournament ID and all that stuff, and so we'll make sure to tweet that out, and we'll stream it on our YouTube channel. Yeah. So, be it be checking out that it's our it's our fifty episode fifty kind of invitational Mario Kart party. Sweet. Sweet. So Mario Kart party making a new franchise there, love it. That'd be crazy. <laughs> Mario Kart party, that'd be. <laughs> oh gosh. So uh, you know, going back to what we said a little bit earlier, we say stupid things on the show sometimes because <laughs> sometimes we think. Five minutes after we say it. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. Today is actually um, the anniversary of D-Day, I believe it was. How long ago was it now, Rob? It was, uh, it was June 70, 6th, or so. three years ago, I believe. Yeah, that sounds the right. The anniversary of D-Day. So June 6th, I think 1944. Um, so we want to thank all of our veterans who served obviously um but for you we want to leave you today with the the main theme from the medal of honor european assault it was a game that came out on the og xbox and ps2 um so we're gonna leave you with that and we will see you next week see you guys